We're continuing today in our Mountaineering with the Master's series, looking at Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And last week we started at verse 3 in Matthew chapter 5. We're going to sit in here again. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And we focused last week on the first part of this verse. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? Who are the poor in spirit? What does that look like today? And so if you weren't here last week and you haven't had a chance to listen to it, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to it because it will lay out somewhat of a foundation for us as we look at this message of Jesus. But here's a quick, like a short review of some of the things we talked about last week and the the weeks previous. The, The verse that we just looked at is the first beatitude in the Sermon on the Mount. And each beatitude is a paradox. It contradicts. It's a contradictory statement that is true. And these are statements of Jesus that are completely unnatural, they're countercultural, they're counterintuitive, and sometimes they just don't make sense to us. And we try to wrestle with, like, what does he mean? What is he saying here? And the Beatitudes, we said, are not commands. They're not how-tos in order to inherit salvation or eternal life, but they are announcements that Jesus makes so that we can see God's love and God's nearness to us. They're announcements of God's love. And we examine this phrase, poor in spirit, a phrase which essentially means spiritual poverty. Spiritual poverty. So being poor in spirit is equivalent to this idea of a spiritual beggar, having absolutely nothing to offer. Nothing to offer. And I submitted the idea that the poor in spirit doesn't mean humble-minded necessarily. There are a lot of places in Scripture that say that, that we want to be humble, and that's the attitude and posture we want to have. But I think that this is saying it's something a little bit different. It doesn't mean that we necessarily recognize our need for God so that we might become blessed. And it doesn't mean that we try to become poor in spirit because poor in spirit is not a good thing. It's spiritual poverty. It's spiritual bankruptcy. It's not a noble or praiseworthy thing. It's poverty, impoverished. And Dallas Willard said the poor in spirit are people who are spiritual zeros. They're bankrupt, deprived, deficient. They're spiritual beggars without a wisp of religion. And the reality is the poor in spirit are blessed simply because Jesus has redemptively moved upon them. Because Jesus has moved upon them. And we see how Jesus demonstrated the rule of the heavens to the poor in the spirit as he met those in need, as he healed the sick, as he cast out demons and invited those who were spiritually bankrupt to follow him. He didn't push anybody aside. And we looked at several examples of Jesus to demonstrate his posture toward those who were poor in spirit. And so today is hopefully going to be a little less teaching and more participatory, just to freak some of you out. Uh, But we're going to briefly take a look at the phrase kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of heaven. And this is something that we're going to revisit again and again as we look at the Sermon on the Mount because it really is a picture of what the kingdom of heaven looks like and what the rule of that is. So when we hear phrases like kingdom of heaven, a lot of times like when we first hear it, we'll we'll kind of think like, what does that mean? And then at some point we'll just have it in our minds and then we have this picture, we have this image. So when we hear kingdom of heaven, it's just kind of there, Right? But I want you to just think in your minds, like, what do you think of when you think of kingdom of heaven? Like, what is Jesus talking about? Is it a place? Is it something in the future? Is it what happens when we die? We go into this kingdom of heaven, or is it something different? Because what the kingdom of heaven refers to is is God's kingly power that is exercised over creation and people. It's his kingly rule in the lives of people and of nations. 
And the kingdom that Jesus preached, it was this kingdom that Jesus preached over and over again. It was the theme of his ministry. He preached the kingdom. We read in Matthew 4, 23, that Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And in Mark 1, Jesus announced, The time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So the kingdom of heaven, it's not a place. It's not another name for heaven. It's not a place that we go to when we die. It is a kingdom now. It is a kingdom that is both present and future. Both present and future. It's a kingdom that was initiated when Jesus came on this earth with his earthly ministry. And it's a kingdom that will not be perfected until he returns again and fully establishes his kingdom right here on earth. And so Jesus' Sermon on the Mount is largely a teaching about what it means to live under the rule of this kingdom. What does that look like? And, and this is good news, the good news of the kingdom, because this is a kingdom where things are completely flipped upside down. Unlike the rule of the Roman Empire or the Greeks or the Jewish leaders or the U.S. of A. or China or any other ruling system, the kingdom is for those who are poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek and merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, those who are perfect, who are persecuted. All of these people are blessed. God blesses them. This is a kingdom that opposes violence and retaliation. It opposes coercion through power. It's a kingdom where the needy are taken care of and where worry doesn't have to be a thing because it is ruled by a God who is love, a God who is compassionate, a God who is near to the brokenhearted, who lifts up the lowly and frees the oppressed. And this is a kingdom that has come to redeem the world from sin and all of its effect. Yes, and yet it is a kingdom that has not yet reached its completion. But it begins in the hearts of people like you and me. And it is intended to be lived out through God's church. So church isn't just something that we go to on Sunday mornings. It's something that we are, that we live out. And we get to be a part of this kingdom on earth. So this is, this is how Jesus describes the kingdom. In Matthew 13, he says, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It's the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree, and birds come and make nests in its branches. And he used this illustration. He said, The kingdom of heaven is like yeast. that a woman used in making bread. And even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. It gets in, it starts small, and it permeates everything. And so the kingdom has begun. It began with Jesus. It's here. And it is established here on earth. As we, as followers of Jesus, participate in God's redemptive work here. And it happens little by little, like yeast permeating dough as we submit to God's presence, and to his kingdom. We get to participate in this wherever we go. And so as followers of Jesus, some things that we have come to understand, and we've talked about this at Southside over a number of months, but these are things that are true, that God is a God of mission, and part of his mission is initiating. It's bringing this kingdom on earth. And he does this through us. So God is the initiator. God initiates things. We don't start things. We don't start things. But God initiates. He's the one who makes it happen. Right? So God is the initiator of this kingdom. God is always present in all of our spaces. He's everywhere that we go. 
So he's not just here at church on a Sunday morning, but he's with us in our car. He's with us as we go to work. He's with us when we're doing things. He's always there. And part of living this life in the kingdom is waking up to his presence everywhere that we go. He's not a distant God who we have to try and get his attention and plead and beg for him to come down and do something, but he's present right now. He's already here, and he's always working. God is always working. He's always way out ahead of us. He's way out in front of us, and he's doing things that we can't see, working through things, the good, the bad, and all of this stuff, and he invites us to participate with him. And so when we pray, when we walk, when we move, when we're just sitting around a table eating, when we go to work or play, there is a posture that we take, one of submission to God's presence, one of submission to his kingdom rule and reign in our hearts. It's a posture that we take. So it's living in this awareness that God is always present. He's right here, right now. And it's learning to have a continual posture of, Lord, I recognize your presence right here, and I submit to your presence. I submit to your reign. And so if you're at work, and one of your coworkers just did something pretty awful to you, and you want to bash his teeth in, which I know we never ever want to do, right? But it's having this posture to like, Lord, I, I've been wronged, and I want to kick this guy's mouth in. But I know this isn't you, Lord. I submit to your presence. I submit to your kingdom rule, Lord. Help me to see through your eyes. Help me to love this guy the way that you love him. Help me to see the bigger picture of what's going on here. And free me from my own desires to do something and take control of the situation and make things happen that I want. Right? Or maybe you're having an argument with your spouse. Not that that would ever happen. But you're like, Lord... I submit, please do something with this woman. Okay, that's not what you do. But it's having a posture, Lord, I submit to your presence. I submit to your kingdom rule. Like there are things going on here I don't know, I don't understand. Help remove my pride, my stubbornness, everything that keeps me from seeing the situation the way that you do. And help me to love my wife and to meet her right where she is right now. Right? Or maybe if you're feeling worthless, and you feel like you just, you're just you're shamed and you feel like nothing is going right. You feel like you're ignored, like you, God doesn't see you, nobody sees you, and you just you want to give up. You submit to God's kingdom and say, Lord, I feel like nothing right now. I feel like I don't matter. I feel like people don't care. But I know that you say something different, and I submit to your presence right now. I submit to your rule, and you say that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You say that you love me. You say that I am valued and I'm going to believe that. I'm going to stand here and I'm going to submit to what you say about me. Right? Or maybe the situation is crumbling. You don't know what's going on and you're just kind of scared. Things are happening. And you say, you know what? Lord, I have no idea what's going on right now, but I know you are working. You have a plan in this and I'm just going to submit to what you have for me right now. Help me to embrace this moment and see where you're at work. It's all part of becoming a disciple of Jesus, of living in this kingdom, of submitting to his presence everywhere that we go and everything that we do. And so when we put these two pieces together, we see the poor in spirit, God's posture, the posture of Jesus towards those who are poor in spirit, how he cared for them, he loved them, he met them right where they were. 
and in this idea of the kingdom of heaven that we get to participate in, that we get to be a part of. And we look, how do we do this? How can we bring the kingdom into this world to those who are poor in spirit? What is the posture that Jesus would take if he were in my situation? How do I submit to him? And often, I talked last week about cultural blinders where we just kind of don't see reality or things as, as people are because we have this idea in our heads and it's just normal. And those are things that God wants to expose. But oftentimes, the poor in spirit might be people that we don't like, that we're uncomfortable with, that we kind of shy away from and we don't want to get around them because it's uncomfortable. And I submitted a few examples of what this looked like. I'm just going to go through them again. But people like the homeless, the lame, the foster child, the victim of human trafficking, and the buyer who pays for her services. Victims of domestic abuse, and even the abuser. And I'll just share a story. In the last couple of weeks, um, Jess and I and a couple others from church here have been involved with a refugee family here in Sheboygan. And things kind of blew up out of nowhere. And we found out that this father, this husband, was abusing his family. And they ran. The mom took her kids and she fleed for her life because she didn't know what would happen to her. She thought that he might kill them, right? And that's terrible. Absolutely terrible. And our first thing is like, how could this guy do this? What is the matter with this guy? Like, and you want to punch his face in, right? I'm being kind of violent today. I don't know what's up with that. But, but when we hear his story and we realize that he was, when he was a little boy, he was abused, he was beaten, and he's had this hard, miserable life. And it, it did all these things inside of him to, to make him the way that he is. And no, it's not good. No, it's not okay. But this is a broken man. He's not just an abuser. He's a man that made in the image of God that has been broken over time. And he's a kind of, God sees that. God sees it. Sometimes we are so quick to label people as what we see right there in the moment, but we don't realize that there's a story behind that. There is brokenness that have made each of us what we are. And so God is for even the abuser, the illegal immigrant, the refugee, the person suffering from mental illness, the addict, the drug dealer, the single mom, the deadbeat dad, the woman who had an abortion, the homosexual, the transgender person, the Muslim, the Buddhist, those in generational poverty who have no idea what it means to live a normal life because that's all they've ever known. The same ones who've messed up time and time again who are filled with absolute shame and convinced that they're not worth anything to anyone. To all those who are unworthy of our attention, or compassion. These are the kinds of people that Jesus wants to say, you have access to the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven can be yours. The kingdom of heaven is yours. And so what I want to do is I want to kind of look at how we can put this into practice. And I think it can be done a little better without me teaching, but us kind of sharing together. So in a minute, we're going to break up into small groups. And I realize for many people, this is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for me. It is. Yeah, I know. Like, come on. It is. I, like, I dread these things when I'm out here and like, oh, man, we're going to split into small groups. And I don't know why, because after we're done, like, it's just good. But I want you to embrace the discomfort if it's uncomfortable. Because how many of you know God likes to invite us into some uncomfortable spaces? 
right? And if we're not going to be uncomfortable out there or in here, we're probably not going to be uncomfortable out there where he's inviting us. And so this is good. It's good exercise for us, right? So we're going to break up in the groups of about eight people. I'll try not to go more than 10. I know some of you like to get in the really big groups. Um, but we're not going to do a leader. I, what I want us to do is kind of make this real simple and help each other. So there are some of us that like to talk and talk and talk and talk. And we don't shut up. Just kind of diary of the mouth. And that's okay. Some of us are verbal processors, and that's how God wired us. I'm going to ask you to hold back a little bit so that other people can talk. And for those of you that don't like to talk and are just happy letting someone else do all the talking for you, I'm going to encourage you to speak up a little bit. All right? But let's work together on this. And I want us to give some thought and perhaps brainstorm together as we discuss some a couple of ideas. One, I want us to identify who are the poor in spirit in our circles. Like, who are they? I'll bet we all have somebody in our lives. And maybe if we can't think of one, maybe God is trying to tell us something. Right? Because I know I was one of those people who did not have, I didn't have a lot of access outside the church. So who are the poor in spirit in our circles? And maybe there are some barriers that exist around our heart that God wants to look at. That can be part of this. And how can we faithfully submit to God's presence and to his kingdom and embody the posture of Jesus to those who are poor in spirit? How do we faithfully submit to God's presence? And we're going to have these on the screens so that you can see and look at. But the question I want us to examine ultimately is what might Jesus be inviting us into? Who are the poor in spirit around us and there might be a, a, a person that comes to mind. It could be a group of people. I don't know. But who are they and what might Jesus be inviting us into? And before we do this, I just want to note a few things. God is a God of love and compassion. He's a God of invitation. And we see this in the life of Jesus again and again. He didn't ever push people away directly. He invited them. He allowed them to follow no matter what their background was or where they were. And it was always them who decided it was too much. They weren't going to follow. He didn't give them a list of demands that they had to do. And so as participants of Jesus' kingdom, again, we can bring the kingdom with us into all of these different spaces as we submit to God's presence. And one other thing, a lot of times when you do these kinds of things, we come to this idea like, oh, the church should do this. We should get everybody together and all the church can do this thing to meet this need. And while that's great, I think sometimes it alleviates us of responsibility and it pushes it all on Pastor John or on the elders or something that's their issue. They have to figure out how to make it work when God wants to invite us into something specifically as individuals, maybe as a family or as a group of friends. But it starts with us. It starts with us, right? And so ultimately the question is, how can we submit to God's kingdom and faithfully embody the posture of Jesus to those who are poor in spirit? Ready? It'll be okay. And here's, here's something else too. As, as we were saying, and I kind of I, I realized this, like there are probably poor in spirit right in this room. And if you're like me, you'll be so focused on this task that you will miss what is right in front of you. Be sensitive to that. 
because you might be an instrument of God's kingdom right here and meeting the needs of someone who is poor in spirit and needs to know Jesus' love right now. So don't get so stuck on the test that you miss Jesus. Yeah? Okay, I'm going to pray and we're going to split into two groups. You can pray with me. Father, God, we submit to your presence. We recognize your presence right here. And Lord, help us to lean in and listen to what you are saying to us. We don't have to conjure something up. We don't have to think so hard and make this happen, Lord, but you want to speak to us right now. So Lord, help us to have ears to hear so that we can hear you, so that we can look at those that you bring to mind. And Lord, help us, transform us, change us, help us to repent to your way of thinking and to learn how to bring this posture of Jesus to the poor in spirit and to those around us in our very own circles. God, we thank you that you are already working and we thank you that we can trust you and we don't have to produce results. We just simply have to respond to what you ask. So have your way in this time, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.